if you're not thinking millennial, if you don't understand the millennial mindset, and if you're not thinking about shaping your marketing strategies to appeal to this consumer group, you're really, really hurting yourself more than helping yourself. And, and here's the reason why. That was my friend Chelsea Cross, who is a millennial marketing genius, and you are about to hear why. Chelsea and I have known each other for a few years now. We actually met in person a couple of years after we knew each other, because that's how social media works, right? You know somebody on social media, and then you meet them in person. We were at an event in South Florida a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. She was speaking and I was speaking and we saw each other and it was like, ah, now we're meeting in person, which was so cool. Since then, we've gone out to eat and we live super close to each other. So we need to actually, Chelsea, we need to get together more in person. But Chelsea is about to rock your world. She is going to talk about marketing to millennials and why this is important, like legit, regardless of what your business is. It's probably important that you're marketing to millennials and Chelsea is going to break down why. She's also going to talk about being both in front of the scenes when it comes to millennial marketing and behind the scenes. And I will let her go into details on how she does just that in episode 11 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Chelsea, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us about everything marketing and everything millennials. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So you are one of a kind. I love you. And you actually, <laughs> like, I've always loved you. But then when I found out more about you, I loved you more because you started, like, in high school. Yes. Which Thank is you. the coolest. Like you started <laughs> this whole millennial thing before a millennial was known, before that was even a word. That's the crazy part about it is that, you know, that who knew in 2007 the word millennial and millennials were going to be such a powerful force to be reckoned with? I, I, I had such an itch that the next generation was going to be so different than the previous generation just because of all things happening in social media and digital world. But I mean, come on, who could have, who could have, you know, forecasted the, the last decade and the shift in, in the demand for us to really understand the millennial generation from a personal and consumer perspective. So tell us what, when you started, you started working at a radio station when you were in high school here in South Florida. Yes. And and it really was to like empower at that time you were a teenager and it was like to say, hey, we're not all bad. Just like now, however many years later, we're saying, hey, not all millennials are bad. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, some of the same, you know, narrative is, is happening. Yet, I think it comes with the territory whenever there's next generation in town. And, and, you know, soon the next generation will be 
even more at the forefront, and I, I think we're calling them Gen Zers. I saw someone calling them Gen Sears, like C as in Chelsea. I was like, Gen Sears? I thought it was Zers as in zebra. But yeah, long story short, it was in, it was 2007, and this was really the time of you know, Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, Britney Spears, Lindsay Lohan, they were kind of the Kardashians at the time, if you will. Like, you could not escape them. They were 90 pounds. They were doing cocaine. They were out, you know, getting DUIs. And th this was kind of the, the image of the next generation. There was no such thing. You know, Facebook was in its infancy. The iPhone was in its infancy. So the, the, the visual of, you know, young entrepreneurs and young influencers, it, there just wasn't that visual because the, there wasn't a platform for us yet. So it was Disney Channel, it was MTV, it was 16 and Pregnant, and it was just like a very dark and dreary time of this representation of the teenagers. And every every one of my favorite shows, my, my mentors, Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, Katie Couric, you know, they're starting to, to Oprah, starting to talk about the next generation, these teens in such a negative way, Christina, down to the point where I remember watching the view and say and and like the, and the the tagline for the commercial was, "Are teenagers officially the demise of the future?" And I just was so taken aback by that comment because I was like, well, this isn't empowering my people, you know? And all all I could hear all I heard was negative, negative, negative. and I said to myself, well, this isn't empowering my peers. We are way more than, you know, lazy, entitled, and narcissistic. Uh, and, and that was really the motivator behind putting together my first radio talk show, Teen Talk Live, which was out to create a platform for my peers to have a voice, to share their opinion, to talk about topics that were relevant and, and, and that we were passionate about, to also talk about topics that we needed to discuss, like SATs, ACTs, relationships, body image issues. Bullying and cyberbullying really cracked and, and was starting to become like a mainstream topic of discussion. Sexting. Um, so there were, there were so many terms and, and social issues that were starting to surface at this time that was just further calling me to create a platform to finally have a place to talk about it amongst my generation. And that was the motivator behind it all. That's amazing. And it's so weird how it kind of comes full circle because now, based on all of your work over the years and all of your research, millennials, that person, they are the ones that every brand should be marketing to. Tell us why. <laughs> sure is. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you might feel like you've been hearing the term millennial for like multiple years now. And, and that's true. You, you might. And, that's because five years ago, when we were starting to talk about these millennials, people were still wrapping their head around what a millennial was and the reality of how different this generation was because of the way in which we grew up, because of the access that we had, the technology that we have. Clearly, our mindset was going to be different, and and we were still trying. You know, many. Pre older, big boomers, Gen Xers, were still trying to wrap their head around all this change. Now, in 2018, 
if you're not thinking millennial, if you don't understand the millennial mindset, and if you're not thinking about shaping your marketing strategies to appeal to this consumer group, you're really, really hurting yourself more than helping yourself. And, and here's the reason why. First and foremost, millennials are the largest generation on the planet. We also have the largest consumer spending power on the planet. And guess what? Millennials are only getting older. We're not getting younger. So we are the next generation of consumers if we're not necessarily your consumer quite yet, right? Maybe your target demo is a bit older, but guess what? Millennials are getting older. So you have to start shaping your branding, your marketing, your, your content marketing efforts to start grooming the younger audience. So as we continue to age, we are further becoming acclimated and the trust, um, you know, the trust factor is there with brands that we are going to purchase later in life. You know, if you don't have a digital footprint, if you don't have a social presence, if you don't have an optimized website today, a millennial is a lot less likely to trust your brand and trust spending their money with you. So it's like a, it's a now strategy and a later strategy to really start talk, t taking millennial consumers into consideration. And something that I asked you when we were first talking about this, I don't know how long ago it was, but I said, so wait a minute, are you saying millennials have a lot of money? And you said, no, it's not necessarily that they have a lot of money. It's that there's so many of us and you put all of our money together and we're spending it. So people need to be marketing to us. So we spend it on them. Exactly. And that's like a very major point, Christina, because that is the unfortunate reality of the millennial generation. And this is also why it's so important to understand the demographics of this generation, because you cannot put millennials in a one size fits all box. First of all, we are like a very broad age bracket. You know, we're like in that 20 to 38 range, right? So obviously what appeals to a 20-year-old mindset income stage in life is totally different than what a 30-year-old is going through, right? A, a stage of life income priorities mindset. So you really have to understand the niche audiences within this millennial generation and refine your messaging to speak to the niche audience that's your consumer. And that means that you have to be realistic in how millennials are spending their money. Think about the sharing economy, the gig economy. Millennials are so savvy when it comes to shopping online and finding the best price and getting the biggest bang for their buck. So these are all things in regards to millennial mindset that we should be taking, you know, we should be taking into consideration for crafting the right messaging to speak to the right audience. So where should you do that? Well, first of all, this is this is where to begin, right? If you're like, I have no idea where to begin with what Chelsea is saying right now, then think about this. Who is your customer? Who's your customer? And create an ideal customer profile. Are, is it gender specific, right? Are you more catering towards male versus female? What age range is your target customer? Are they in college? Are they in high school? Are they uh, first-time home buyers? Are they parents? Are they divorcees? Who are they, right? What stage of life are they in? And in that stage of life, what kind of income do these people have, right? What are the needs 
and pain points of this person in this stage in life, in this uh, income range. All of that information, all of those answers to the questions, Christina, is really going to reveal your audience demographics and help to also uh, define and clarify where that person is on social media. So if, if your person is in high school or college or younger, you know that you need to be on Snapchat and Instagram. If your target audience is really more in their mid-20s to early 30s, they're probably going to be on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So this is why understanding your audience demographics, of course, if you're Gen X or Baby Boomer, you must be on Facebook and LinkedIn. So understanding your audience demographics, the answers in your audience demographics will help to reveal where you should be on social media, what your marketing messaging should sound like, look like, read like, and then what your content marketing efforts should look like. So where to begin is starting with your audience demographics. Okay. That's a great place to start. And then you just messaged something or you just mentioned something about messaging that I think is important. And it's what your marketing should look like. And I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, a big mistake that people make is they are just so overly promotional and not related. Yes. And they just do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. And you know what? I will never deny that content marketing takes time, it takes patience, it takes creative, and it can take money, right? You know, creating graphics, creating videos, creating uh, blog posts. But <clears throat> when I talk about marketing messaging, marketing messaging equals content, right? Whether it's the content in your blog, the content in your live stream, the content in this podcast right now, the content in the ad, right? The copy in the ad that you're maybe sending out on Facebook. This is all what I mean by messaging. It's the copy within the content that you are sharing to your audience. And that copy, that text, is your marketing messaging. And the more you have an understanding of, of who you're speaking to, think about this. When, when somebody speaks your language, aren't you quicker to relate to them, trust them, um, want to engage in them versus someone that's so not speaking your language on your wavelength? That makes sense. And that's what, it, that's what I mean by structuring your marketing messaging, to speak the language of your target customer. If your customer is in college, obviously that lingo, that language is going to be different than AARP, whose, <laughs> whose marketing messaging is to Gen Xers and baby boomers, right? So it's kind of like a simple, duh moment, but it's something that's greatly overlooked. And because content marketing is essential today, there's no way to get around content marketing. This is why some people's content marketing work, marketing efforts are, are churning out an ROI and some are not because there's a little bit of a science and a method and a formula that needs to be done prior to just pumping out your content. Don't just post to post, purposefully post so that you get results. Ooh, I like that. That's a good quote, Chelsea. Yeah, and you know, when I say purposefully post, that also means defining your objective and your goal. So that this is now our second step to content marketing, right? So it's one, who are we speaking to? What is the audience? What, what channels do we need to be? 
on, on, right, to be on, to speak to our audience. And the next is, all right, now we know who our audience is, now we know where we need to share our content, is what is the objective and goals of our content? And the objective, you know, examples of what objectives or goals could be is, one, maybe you're looking to grow your followers. To another goal could be maybe you're looking to increase video views. Another goal could be maybe you're looking to increase your email list and get more subscribers. Maybe you are trying to um, educate your consumer about a new product or a new service. Maybe you're trying to get people to sign up for your event. I just came. I just said five different goals that are five different pieces of content that you could create for your for your channels. And right? you know so- what I like about those goals that you just listed? They are all stepping stones to make money. I feel like when people set a goal, it's to sell this, to get somebody to buy this, and they're totally missing the do something in between yes. to get known, liked, and trusted. So people need to reel their goals in a little bit because nobody's going to buy something as soon as you post it on Facebook or Instagram. You need to constantly be building that no like, and trust factor. And I think that's where a lot of people mess this up is they try to move too fast and that's just mm-hmm. not how people buy anymore. That is such, such like so many good points in that sentence, Christina, is that first of all, so we're all, we're all, you know, it's the society that we live in today. We're like the Insta generation. And I don't mean Insta as Instagram. I mean, Insta as an instantaneous, right? We want everything now, fast, or within 24 hours. And guess what? When it comes to marketing your business and scaling your business, there is no such thing as a quick fix. Okay, and all those people that are looking for a quick fix are not taking the time to build a solid foundation in their branding and their marketing and their business efforts. And the more solid your foundation, the bigger the mega mansion you can build. So instead of looking for the quick fix or trying to make everything work yesterday, take the time to do the research in your industry, in your target audience, and really create a marketing strategy, a content strategy, a social media strategy that's going to give you a return on your investment. So that's what I say. Like sometimes we really got to get back to basics in our marketing today to really appeal to just digital consumers and especially millennial consumers. And I also want to talk about how to stand out because there is so much everywhere. Every site you go to, you're just bombarded with tons of stuff, whether it not even just be, you know, your competition, but just standing out in front of that audience because we all want the millennials. I mean, you've showed us why they have the biggest spending power. There are tons and tons of them. So I know you're really big on personal branding. I mean, you yourself have an amazing personal brand. You are known as this millennial expert, hence Generation C instead of Generation C. C for Chelsea. So tell us about how anybody can use personal branding, whether you have a product-based business or a service-based business, and what the benefit is of branding yourself in a certain way to get that no like and trust factor to make more sales. 
You know, I'm so in love with the topic of personal branding, Christina, because of the the the, the true realities of what building a personal brand could do for you personally, professionally, and for your business. And talk about how do we stand out from the crowd today? How do we differentiate our brand? How do we differentiate our products or services? You know, a, the, the, the biggest answer right now is really working on your personal brand. So what do I mean by that, right? You might have a, a clothing business, okay? So obviously that means that you're in retail, you are selling clothes, you're in the fashion industry. But one of the ways to differentiate your online boutique or your maybe your pop-up shop or your brick-and-mortar store is by building your personal brand as a fashion influencer, as a fashionista online. And your personal brand efforts in, you know, styling tips and how to put together outfits, and what outfits should be worn for different occasions, like a first date versus a job interview um, versus a night out with your girlfriends. Your personal brand and helping to solidify yourself as a fashion influencer or fashion expert is only going to bring more attention, more credibility, more trust, more engagement to your store, to your online shop or to your, your physical shop. So it's a great way to market your services or your product all while being personal, relatable, and engaging with your target audience. So there is a reason and a way for everyone to benefit from a personal brand today. And Christina, one of the biggest like questions that I get is, well, our personal well, is it does it only make sense for someone to commit to you know, investing and building their personal brand if they're an entrepreneur versus an if, if they're an employee, right? And the, the reality is, is that there are tremendous benefits to building your personal brand as an employee, just like it is as an entrepreneur. So benefits for, you know, benefit from building your personal brand as an employee, meaning you're an employee within a corporation, right? Maybe you work for Facebook, maybe you work for Chase, maybe you work for Clear Channel, right? Whatever corporation you work with, you are an employee. As an employee within within uh, within that company, if you have a personal brand, you start building your online community, your online network, you're only going to help increase industry credibility and trust. You're going to increase your contact net, your contact network. You can increase your lead generation and closing your sales. You can also position yourself for more opportunities like content creation within the workforce, a pay raise, leadership position, more travel and speaking engagements, and employee recognition and rewards, right? What are you doing to stand out within, um, within your company? So yes, as an employee, there are tremendous benefits as there are, of course, for an entrepreneur, you know, who, who is their own business owner. I completely agree. And I feel like going back to the employee topic, like that is what LinkedIn is for, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is for you to set yourself apart as an amazing employee, because that's what employers look at. So um, that's a great point to make. And when I think of personal brand, um, for all of the Kardashian haters, just close your ears for a second. <laughs> but let's, I mean, just look at Kylie Jenner and what she's built with her lip kits. 
And Perfect example. Right? Like it's, it's amazing because people buy it from her. Kim Kardashian is selling out of perfume that nobody can even smell because it's <laughs> only available online, but they're buying it because it's hers and they have no idea what it smells like. It's people buy products or services because of the people behind them or in front of them. <laughs> if you, you know, so the reason why people love the reason why people didn't think twice to buy Kylie's lip kit is because they're already a super fan of hers, right? They, they love, they love looking at what she looks like, what she wears, how she does her makeup. So her personal brand, her digital footprint online allowed her to create a billion dollar empire without any additional investment or, or, um, traditional advertising. She did her only advertising was through her social channels. That is the power of building your personal brand. Obviously, the Kardashians is a very extreme example because they also have broadcast 10 years of a reality show under their belt. But it is the perfect example of how Kylie was able to take her social presence and further monetize it by creating a service or a product that she knew her target audience was going to eat up. She knows who her audience is, and she creates the products to feed her audience interests. And if you're an entrepreneur, that is exactly how you should be thinking of what's your industry, what's your expertise, and what does your target audience need that you can package, sell, or create you know, to, to ultimately monetize your personal brand as well. So would you say that the, if you had to pick one way to stand out, our attention spans are shorter, there's so much in our face, would you say the number one way to stand out in your marketing is to brand your product or your service as you personally? So I think that that is absolutely a strategy that cannot do you wrong. Right. Like there are so many people that are like, oh, I don't want to be the face behind the brand. I don't want to I don't want to have the responsibility of having to be like a public persona, if you will. Right. Some people like to be behind the scenes and that's totally OK. Right. So maybe you're the business owner, you're the brains, but you don't want to be the face. Well, you know what? Find the right influencer, brand ambassador, or partner that is willing to be the face because it will make you more relatable. It will make you connect more. People connect through storytelling. Who tells stories? People. And it's just the personalized way that marketing is, is moving. And the more you can personalize your marketing efforts, your marketing messaging, your content, the more relatable uh, and the higher conversions you are going to see, right? People want to feel like it's an authentic, relatable service or product that, that they're purchasing. And usually the person behind the brand is helping to create that trust. And that's why influencer marketing really, you know, is dominating. What is influencer marketing? It's, it's getting people to activate behind a brand or for a brand. Right, they're they're making a brand more human. We're humanizing marketing more than ever today because of live streaming, because of social media, because of our accessibility. So, not utilizing social media to bring your personal brand or your business brand to the forefront. I mean, you are you are just stepping, you are taking steps back instead of taking steps forward. So. Um, 
now is the time to start, you know, building your, your personal brand and your digital footprint. And what I mean by digital footprint is your website, your landing page, your social media channels, your content, your blog, your blog, your YouTube video, right? The more you're sharing online that's on brand, then you're further building your digital footprint in the right way. And Chelsea, we've talked about this before, how um, people find us in our business and how we get our leads. And it really is, i it's not a word, but I say we're Googleable. Yeah, <laughs> like if yeah. you Google us, you can find us because we're putting ourselves out there in so many different places, at different times, in different ways. So leads are coming to us. And really, you need to be, we'll use a better word, searchable, not Googleable. <laughs> but you need to do that for yourself. Yes, and also, you know, personal brand, you know, putting energy, putting time, even putting money and resources behind building your personal brand as when you have a greater business, right? Like maybe you are selling clothes online or maybe you are, you know, a coach selling, um, you know, meditation coaching or, or trauma therapy or whatever your services or product might be. Maybe you're selling live streaming equipment and you have, a, you know, awesome phone cases, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. There's always a way to build a personal brand within your uh, industry, right? Because you could always be a credible authority within that industry, helping to further provide value to your audience, right? And it's that happy medium. So for those brands that are overly promotional, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, Christina, right? Those They just post to post. They're going nowhere fast. It's about that 80-20 rule, 20% promotion, 80% giving value for free and engaging with your audience. There really needs to be a happy medium. I like it. And something you and I are both adamant about is practicing what we preach. I don't only teach media for people, but I am a member of the media. You don't only teach this, but you also do it for yourself. So first, tell us how you are teaching this. Obviously, you work with um, different brands on the influencer side. Then you also work with clients and you uh, even work with LinkedIn. Yeah. So, so you know what? It's over, I've been working in this industry for over 10 years and I'm the perfect example of what a personal brand could be, could evolve into and how you can further and how you can monetize it. I mean, you know, my personal brand has turned into a six figure business, um, but it didn't happen overnight. It, I've been doing this a decade and I serve clients now, corporate consulting clients and entrepreneur coaching clients. And I do put them in two different categories because obviously corporate is more on the consulting where I'm helping them activate influencer marketing campaigns, structure their content marketing efforts or on the production and producing, you know, content for them. Um, And then the fun part is that I also get to be talent because I do have an audience myself. I am a host, right? So I get to work behind the scenes and in front of the scenes for my for my more corporate clients, which is really fun. But over the past 10 years, as I've been doing this for the, you know, Kotex and Capital One and MasterCard and um, Cosmopolitan magazines of the world, I really realized that I 
was every time I was on a speaking uh, engagement, Christina, I, you know, marketing to millennials, right? My biggest keynote for over the past six years. Anytime in the audience there was entrepreneurs and business owners, right? That they, you know, um, that they were the audience. The amount of questions and and confusion about content marketing and social media and how to do it was always so um, alarming to me. I was like, wow, like so, there's so much great information for people to know how to build and market their own business, yet people aren't getting it. So after after six years of hearing like the same questions over and over and over again, I said, you know what? I got to do this. I got to open up my services to appeal to the startup entrepreneur as well, because it, that's, you know, well, as your business evolves, you also, you personally are going to evolve. And I realized that helping the startup entrepreneur fills me. It fulfills me. It's also so rewarding. I love helping an entrepreneur have those aha moments or connect the dots or create, you know, the brand and business of their dreams because we can do it online today. We just need to know how. So I serve corporate clients in multiple ways and then my, you know, smaller startup entrepreneurs and business owners and one-on-one coaching to really help them, you know, build their personal brand, solidify their business development, help them with their digital asset optimization, websites, landing page, social media channels, how to create a content marketing strategy that's going to return, you know, be, get them a return on their investment, scale their social media. All these things are doable. All these things are doable to do on our own. We just have to take the time to learn how to do it. Plain and simple. I love that. And and I also did something similar. I had my PR agency. And after a couple of years of that, I said, you know what? Why don't I start helping the little guy? Because the little guy is the yeah. one who needs it the most. So you're still yes. working with them and providing value. You're just doing it in a different way because they're at a different space, at a different exactly. place in their career. Love exactly. that. Okay, so Chelsea, can you tell everybody how they can get a hold of you? And don't forget to tell everybody where they can find you on Tuesday nights too. Yes, well, every Tuesday night, you could always expect at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, I host a Twitter chat, hashtag Millennial Talk. And our Twitter chat is loaded with incredible entrepreneurs. Incredible. Like, like you amazing. have insane guests that come they're, on and do this. They're so amazing. So every every Tuesday is a different topic. It's a different topic of discussion. And you can always expect to have another topic within the marketing, social media, entrepreneurial realm, right? We are here to serve the entrepreneur. Um, and we always have a different guest speaking on that topic. Um, and our guests are some of you know world renowned, uh, the top authorities in their in their business and in their industry, and are loaded with insight. So within an hour's time, there's so much information um, about that topic that you will learn. Aside from networking with all of these incredible entrepreneurs and business owners across the globe too, and I mean across the globe: UK, Australia, Africa, Germany. Um, Bolivia, the U.S., Canada, I mean, we have such a, an amazing audience, so the ability to network is, is also such a huge perk from our chats. 
And then, of course, if you cannot not get in contact with me just by going to my website, ChelseaCross.com. Um, there's a contact tab. You can book a discovery call with me if you're interested in, in understanding, you know, what type of coaching package we could structure for you and your business. So all you have to do, right, you can, we're Googleable. You can type Chelsea Cross <laughs> into Google. Um, but you can contact me directly on social media or on my website, ChelseaCross.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you, Christina. Thank you so much. And you can find out so much more about Chelsea in the show notes. Please make sure you head there and you check out and put in your calendar her Twitter chats that happen on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock with the hashtag Millennial Talk. She has had some huge names on those Twitter chats, and it is a great place to network, and you can do it in your jammies. You don't have to drive. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to buy one of those tickets for sale to network. It is a great spot to be on Twitter Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock, and please head over to my website, MediaMavenAndMore.com slash publicity to get your hands on a brand new three-day video series so you can pitch to earn publicity and profit. Chelsea is my other publicity sister from another mister. This is her jam. She is somebody who is always putting herself out there. Her media kit and her speaker reel is one of my favorites just because it really shows the power of publicity. So head to ChelseaCross.com to take a look at what I am talking about. And next week's episode, it is going to be all about me. No, I'm just kidding. It's not going to all be all about me. That'd be kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. It's not exciting. But I am not going to have a guest. So once a quarter, I am just going to take over my own podcast and I'm going to talk about some things that people ask me about. I'll go a little deeper. I have some ideas. I can tell you some of my more entertaining client stories like when I fire clients and why I fire them. I'm going to tell you about how I grew my business, my pet peeves of online business, all of the things. Once a quarter, it will just be me talking about a topic. So if you have ideas, please make sure to hit me up. Tell me on Instagram or Twitter. I am at Christina all day. And if you ever need anything in the meantime, head to mediamavenandmore.com. I will see you next week.